Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this sermon would be a blessing to you. Uh, just a couple of matters of housekeeping uh, tonight. Um, on Wednesday night, the 6th, we'll be doing Palm Sunday. No matter where we are in our churches here, uh, we'll be doing Palm Sunday on the 6th. And then on the 13th, we'll do crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, so that, and, and that should be, if, if we got our numbers right, <clears throat> that should be prior to Palm Sunday and just prior uh, to Easter Sunday. So uh, we'll do that. That, that, will, that will be a bit of, of a change there. All right. Uh, does everybody have an outline? <clears throat> I've, I've, okay, I've, I've got two churches on, on that outline. We are not obligated to do all this material wherever we show up. Chris, oh, you got one, Chris? Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, don't get tense and say, we have to do this. No, we don't, okay? We're going to go at our own speed. And uh, I just want to make sure that we do have plenty of material to cover um, if things happen to go fast, okay? So um, there we are. And obviously, this is uh, Revelation, the second chapter, and uh, the uh, third chapter uh, for the uh, seven churches of Asia Minor. I got to uh, talk to my friend, uh, William Beckman, uh, which is in Atlanta. He and I uh, try to Zoom once a week and that kind of thing. And uh, he is actually was about this tall when I, uh, took, the ch yeah, when I took the church in, uh, in Highland, Illinois. Uh, he, he, I think he's got four sisters, all older sisters. And then uh, he was about that tall. Or was he a terror or two in the church? <laughs> yes. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I got a chance to talk to him today, and, and of course, he makes me envious all the time when he talks to me. Uh, he was stationed in Turkey, and he visited every one of these seven churches. Yeah, I, I, it's exactly where I was. <laughs> oh, my. And... Uh, he had probably told me that before, but I just, but we uh, chatted uh, about that today. Um, and some of those sites is just kind of a pile of rubble. And, uh, but he says, the Ephesus, and he told me the name of the city, but I, that's built on Ephesus. But Ephesus, he said, is like the uh, Orlando of, of Turkey. Yeah, yeah, he said, yeah, and I assume because it, you know, it's a well-known church and that kind of thing, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a big deal. But many of these other sites are not, but uh, we'll um, make of them as best we can. Um, at, at that time when he was there, there was a thriving Christian church uh, throughout uh, Turkey. Uh, different denominations, a lot of Orthodox, if, if you're familiar with them. There was a lot of Orthodox, that kind of thing. But it was a thriving. He said there was about 2 million Christians at that time. And I, I don't know whether I'll pronounce the, the uh, prime minister or president, whatever they call him, Erdogan. Okay, all right, good. Uh, when, since he has been in power, 
uh, it is now reduced to about 250,000 um, people. And that, that's quite a drop in, in a short time. And it's not that there's just a tremendous amount of persecution toward the church, but uh, cultures have a way of telling you you're not welcome. And that's what they did with the Christians. They told them they weren't welcome there, and so it's really uh, dwindled off. Just give you uh, uh, kind of an update um, on, on well, where they are now, where the churches are now uh, that we're going to study about. We did Ephesus already, and uh, we were introduced to, to Jesus. We'll be, obviously, we'll be introduced to him again tonight. Um, but in uh, just the uh, prior verses before we get to the, the, the church at Ephesus, we're told about the uh, angels, seven angels, and the lampstands. And it, you, you want to have a way to think about this. Uh, and the, the word angel, uh, who knows what the word angel means? <laughs> She's got that right away. Messenger. Messenger. Yeah, and so you, um, you, you that, that's what the language is, okay? Now, where this messenger come from, where they were going, well, we know they're going back to their own church or whatever, but who they are, we, we don't know. Some have, have suggested it's just messengers, you know, like they, they were uh, having this uh, church uh, convention, which I can see that, by the way. Uh, John's this old guy. He's not going to last a lot longer, you know, and they, and so they have this church convention, um, get all the churches together and get this last word. And of course, they get a big word. Uh, they get the, this book of uh, Revelation. Uh, so, uh, and I just, so I just view it uh, as someone from the church was sent to see John. Now, the problem with that is it's not used that way anywhere else in the book. Okay, so that's open, that's open to interpretation. Okay? Um, so you make of it what you can or what you will. I'm just saying the language will allow what we just said. It just means messenger. Okay? Now, if you want to tack, you know, uh, something else onto it, you know, be my guest. Uh, the other suggestion is made that God has appointed an angel for every church. And if, it, if you know the book of Acts, you know an angel shows up that was taking care of Simon Peter, got him out of jail and uh, led him through the streets until he came to himself and then he was okay uh, from there on. But it, uh, there was an angel involved. So there, these angels do come to do certain things. Okay, um, I better not go to Daniel, okay? <laughs> but Daniel said that the, the answer was delayed like three weeks uh, for the, sound like for the angel to get through or whatever, whatever that is, okay? So I just want to say that you're not nailed down to any of this, okay? I'm just, I, that's just the way I do it. I'm, I'm looking at this as is a messenger from that church that has come to see John and John's going to give them uh, to take back, okay? We know that the messenger belongs to the church because the picture, oh, just prior to that, let me read to you the, the, like the last sentence or so. Um, the seven stars are the angels 
of the seven churches. So, <clears throat> so uh, the, the stars that are in the hand of Jesus now are the, the, uh, represent the seven angels uh, from, from the churches, okay? And the seven golden lampstands represent the churches, okay? And so we open up here in Ephesus with Jesus walking freely among the lampstands. Um, I want to really whet your appetite to, to really pay attention to how Jesus is described to every church. He, he, he changes as to how he's described, okay? And it's how he describes that will tell you something about the church and that kind of thing, okay? So you, you want to pay attention uh, just like I said, uh, at Ephesus, he's walking among the churches, okay? You get to the end of the uh, churches there, and Jesus is knocking on the door trying to get in. Uh, that's a picture you're supposed to get, okay, in, in your mind, okay? He's among the churches, and then he's trying to get into the churches. <laughs> so yeah, just uh, keep that in mind, okay, how he's described. All right, <clears throat> let's uh, go to the church. Do we cover all our work here uh, yeah uh, so now I pronounce this Smyrna I don't know how you guys do with that okay there's the city in Tennessee that, that helps us do that uh, it's, it's Smyrna I think the Nissan car factory is there that's, that's why oh he, he Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we got Smyrna's all over the place, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, and so let's begin with the description of, of uh, Jesus. To the angel of church of Smyrna write, these are the words of him who is first and the last, who died and came to life again. Now, that's the description of the person that's talking to the church. Of course, who is that? Jesus. Is it Jesus every time? And so he addresses the angel there. He is what? First and last. We, we later will call him the Alpha and the Omega, the, the first letter in the Greek alphabet and the last letter in the Greek alphabet. So he's the first and the last. And it goes without saying, he's everything in between. Okay? Uh, and so now that's his description to this church, Smyrna. The other thing about him is what? He died and came to life again. I like that too. I'm so glad that word's on there. Okay. And that's a special emphasis. Okay. He died and has come to life again. Now, that should, that introduction should help you in understanding the message to the church at Smyrna. Okay. Just uh, let Jesus tell. You, you get in trouble if you start telling Jesus who he is. You see that? Yeah. Every once in a while, like Simon Peter, 
No, Jesus, no, don't talk like that. Don't be like that. You, you will get into trouble every time you start telling Jesus who he is. Now, here's a suggestion. You all do what you do. Okay. Very often, when you can, be quiet and let him tell you who he is. It's just a suggestion. You might try that, try that out. <laughs> all right? Me and, me and Joan, we don't do this very often, okay? But every once in a while, we'll get into a fight. <laughs> now, I know, I know you all have disagreements with your spouses. Me and Joan, we have fights. <laughs> so we go to... I know. I, I hope this, I can smooth this over before we do that. Before we go home. <laughs> so we we learned this this tool. Now it's just a tool. It's just a tool, and the tool says that you will listen to your spouse, and you will not interrupt. Only for you know clarification of what they're saying right there, but, did, but there's time for that later, but you don't interrupt. You be quiet and you listen to them until they're done. However long that is. It can be. It can be. And you listen to them and then when they're done, it's on your... How come they never get this unruly with you? <laughs> so, so when you, when, when they're done, okay. Uh, it, it, what you do then is tell them what you heard. Or you know this one? Okay, you tell them what you heard. Uh, th this is what I heard you say. By the, that's a good phrase. This is what I heard you say. And, and, then, and then after that, after that, they then will make the corrections necessary on what you heard. No, it's, it's good. It's good. It's all good. It's all good. It can. It can but, but, yeah, but, but at least you will understand the other person. And now you get to change that around. And, and for you, they have to listen and then will tell you what they heard you say, and then you make corrections, that kind of thing. It's a really fine tool. And I just say, when it comes to Jesus Christ, let him tell you who he is. And the greatest adventure, I'm going to try to do this later, preach, preach about such things. The greatest adventure of life is to find out who he is greatest adventure of life. Okay? All right. So, we're going to let him. And what does he say? I'm the first, the last, the one who died and has come to life again. That's our introduction in the, this message to the church at Smyrna. Okay? Let's go to 
things the church is doing. I think that's where we're at now. Yeah, things the church is doing. I know your afflictions and your poverty. And when you, when you see that, you're, you're thinking that the culturally and economically, they're being persecuted. That's what you, I think when I read something like that, okay? Um, again, we're, we're looking back almost 2,000 years now to try to understand their experience, all right? Yet you are rich. Well, how can that be? that you've got afflictions and poverty and you are rich. Yes, there is, there, there is a difference between having troubles and, and just being suffering. There, there's a difference, okay? And uh, if your life w w it was without troubles, you'd probably do some mistakes just to make sure you've got some troubles going on because uh, that makes life interesting, okay? Um, and, but, but these Christians here uh, uh, somehow are, have afflictions and poverty, uh, yet they are rich. So they, 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 they still feel good about themselves. Uh, they still feel like they're God's children. Uh, they still feel like they're serving God in some way, even though they have these troubles. You know, one of the mistakes we make is to think if you become a Christian, I know I did this. If you, be, if you become a Christian, uh, that will solve a lot of your problems. <laughs> Would you like to say that, Val, a little louder? Yes, yes. And yeah, and you get to tinker with them from there on. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not. Now, this is a, to me, is a real problem here, uh, ex ex exactly what that means, okay? Uh, they, they, uh, you can look at this, that these are a bunch of Gentiles who say in their Jews. You can look at it that way, okay? It doesn't seem to come out that way. It seems more to me that these are Jews who are Jews in the flesh, but not in the spirit, Okay? Uh, and, and, and Paul does this so beautifully when he writes um, about this. Uh, and, and he says, it's not DNA. It's the promise that counts. You, you get that. Okay, good. He, that's, a, that's the language Paul uses to, to say this thing here. You, you, you might have the DNA, but do you have the promise? And of course, the promise uh, ultimately is Jesus Christ, but uh, that that's another uh, that's another story altogether. Okay, uh, so the Jews here could be Jewish in flesh, but not in spirit, and the synagogue that they go to is a synagogue of Satan. Okay, um, those pretty harsh words pretty harsh words. Um, it, it has become so egregious to the church that this is called the synagogue of Satan. So you've got this large group in town that are really just giving the Christians the, the hardest way to go. 
uh, just really down on them all the way around. Uh, so bad that you want to call them the synagogue of Satan. They get together, but it's just to make more evil. Uh, they get together, and it's just to find out better ways to hurt you. Uh, so uh, they, they turn up a synagogue of Satan. Uh, in, even in the New Testament, now I'm not, I, I know this is John, okay? I get that, all right? But like when you're, when you're, when you're reading the, um, the Gospels, you know, Simon, he, he calls Simon Peter Satan. You know, why, why does he call him? Because Simon Peter is in front of him telling him who he is. And he's, he, all he's doing is in the way. And so he's an obstacle. He's an adversary at that point. You got to get out of the way, get behind me, and then we can move forward. Okay. Uh, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. So we got good news and bad news. The bad news is what? You're going to suffer. The good news is what? You don't have to be afraid. It is one thing to suffer. It's another thing to be in anguish. And you'll see people can put up with the most horrendous conditions if they know why and are backed up uh, with, uh, we'll say, the spirit uh, to help them. Okay? Uh, and you'll see it. I, I, I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Now, this means it's, it's confined. It, yeah, it's not going to last forever. You know, and it, boy, that's a good message. Sometimes you need to hear that. All you need to hear is this too will pass. This too will pass. I did do that. I my son said, says to me, he said, Dad, why does everybody love you? I said, because I outlived all them so-and-sos that hated me. <laughs> that's not a, bad, that's not a bad strategy in life. Just outlive them. Because what? It's only going to be 10 days, and 10 days would be a, a, a shorter period of time, not a long period of time. Now, we're not talking about 10 actual days, okay? We're just talking about is the message from God is this will not last forever. This will not last forever. So I tell you, the devil puts some of you in prison, test you, and you will suffer persecution. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Can you hear that introduction can you hear the introduction of uh, who Jesus is to the church right there? Can you get that? Because he what? He was dead and is alive. So what's he going to do with you? Even though you die, you will live again. Okay. And I, I will give you the victor's crown. Um, somebody wanted me to do about overcoming and, uh, and th that begs us to look at what does it mean to overcome. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm still working on it. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, prison. Mm. 
Let me see. I will put some of you in prison to test you. You will suffer persecution. Be faithful. Okay. Even the point of death. Okay. I was looking for fear and anxiety. Um, but right, we don't, we don't have that. Okay. A crown of, of life for those who are loyal. Let's do that now. One of the most famous names here uh, that died in this church is uh, a man called, um, again, pronunciation is probably, Polycarp. Have you heard that name before? Polycarp. Um, as tradition has it, and, you know, pretty good tradition, okay, not really weak tradition, but you can get in trouble just going by these traditions, okay, it'd be truth. Not to text. We're not in the text now. We're talking about out, material outside. Uh, he uh, was the uh, bishop of this church, Smyrna, pastor, you might say, this church, Smyrna. And uh, they threatened to kill him. He said, uh, bring it on. And we're going to burn him. He said, he got up one morning and he had vision. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be burnt today. And uh, they came to tie him to the stake. He said, you don't need to do that. I ain't going to go no place. And they didn't. Uh, they just tied him re very loosely. And uh, he, uh, he took the flames and they burned him to death. His name was Polycarp. It was a great, uh, great story of courage and just the, how do you even do that? You know, it's, just, it's supernatural to make yourself stay there. Yeah, you get that. Okay. To make yourself stay there in those conditions, you know, and this is, what, this is what he did. And we're talking about him tonight, 2,000 years later, okay? I've been reading about him, uh, and we're talking about him. You know why? Not the way he lived, but the way he died. And to Greeks, that is so important. If, if, if you were Greek and somebody uh, would, uh, would say, well, well, well how are they doing? How are they doing? If they're still alive, well, you don't know. How will you know when they die and how they die? That's when you'll know. Uh, did you, did you, if you heard of Socrates, you know why you hear about him? It's because of the way he died. He could have left any time. As a matter of fact, they wanted him to leave. They didn't want to kill him. And, and what did he do? He drank it anyway. He died victorious. His words were worth something, and they were worth something to him. And he lived those words, and he backed them up with his death. And, and, and so it is, okay? Uh, that how you die is important. I, I don't make any bones about it. Uh, this last stage of my life, and uh, I want to leave a legacy for my family. I don't tell them this very often, okay? I don't tell them that. But I want to, I want to live and I want to die uh, before them in such a way. When I retired out, out of uh, Edwardsville Church in Edwardsville, um, one of the deacons there was a great guy. Um, but he, he was an artist. And he did a painting for me of racehorses, you know, because I was chaplain at the racetrack for so many years, and racehorses coming down to to the finish line. I don't know what he meant by that, you know, but 
it's a beautiful, uh, it's in watercolor, very, very nice, well, it was art. And I told him when he gave it to me, I don't, I said, just that fast. No, we all went anyway. I said, it's just that fast. <laughs> I, it, yeah. I, I, I got it hanging in my study. And when I look at that, I will take that as a reminder to finish well. Yeah. No matter how well you run the race ahead of time, if you don't finish strongly, you, you're probably not going to be the winner. And you want to, I want to finish strong. Okay. So I'm yakking about such things, and Joey's across the table from me, and I said, I've been thinking about, you know, at 80 years old, maybe jumping out in there, but he said, I'll jump with you. <laughs> oh, I know exactly. I just had some idle chatter there, and he takes it seriously. <laughs> so we might work on that. We'll, we'll see that. Okay, but, but, but how you die is, is important, okay? How, how you how you live is important, okay? But how you die is also important. Uh, be faithful even to the point of death. And what do you get? A victor's crown. And most of you surely given this some thought, you know. But really, what we want, what we want when we get down there, it's for him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what we want. You can have all the gems you want and all that kind of thing, but that's what we want. That's what we want. All right. Uh, that kind of uh, does it. We kind of get, uh, oh, here, oh, ooh. we got to finish. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Now, if you're reading Revelation, I think it's 21, 22. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, yeah, it might be good for you to read that. It's about the second death, and especially when it comes to a list of those who make it to the second death and who are affected by the second death. Would you like to guess the first thing mentioned that the person who has a second death, the first thing about them, you, would, you, would you like to know what that is? Anybody know? Put this, put this in your mind, okay? Cowards. First mention before anybody else, no matter how evil they are, the people that go to hell are cowards. Number one, I think, because they don't have the courage to live. Okay? I don't know, we might work on that sometime, okay? But number one thing is coward. That's, that's mentioned in the list. They're probably not done in priority, but there, there it is. And of course, when we study Jesus' death, the dignity of his death, amen. Thank you. That, the grace of his death, the courage of his death, and the suffering of his death 
Surely we have witnessed a great person in life and in death. Amen? Okay. Okay, now we go uh, to Pergamum. And uh, again, this is all a, a problem of uh, pronunciation for me, all right? Uh, you'll see that Pergam as Pergamoth most of the time. Uh, with, instead of the U-M, it's an O-S on the end, end of that. I would call it that, okay? Um, so, but it's just a matter of choice. You know who we're talking about, um, the church at Pergamum. Okay, and our first rule is when, we, when we're talking about the churches, yes, wow, wow, good Joey, exactly. How is Jesus introduced to this church? It'll give us something to look for uh, as, as we go uh, a little deeper into the church. All right, uh, let me see. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, right. These are the words of him who has a sharp, double-edged sword. A double-edged sword what? Cuts both ways. So the swath that you take this way, no energy is left that you'll come back the other way and do the same thing with it. Okay. Well, I, I don't know whether it was a two-hand sword or not, but it's, it's sharp on two sides. It'll cut you coming and going. Okay? It'll cut you coming and going. You can't, like, hold your arm up and block it or anything. <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah. And it'll come right back and get you the other way. And so there's no energy lost uh, with this thing. It's effective. Whichever direction it moves, it's effective. And who has that? Jesus. Yeah, this is, this is, this is Jesus, the angel of the church Pergamum. Right. These are the words of him who has a sharp, double-edged sword. <laughs> wow. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this. If, if you've got a sword, the first thing you think is there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a battle. I'm working on that. Yes. Yes. I'll have to... No, no. <laughs> No, I, I wanted to, to, to emphasize that, uh, that you don't pick on people that are doing the best they can. You just don't pick on them. If you don't know that, let me tell you, you don't do that, okay? Uh, you, you want to encourage them, and, and they'll do better, yeah, yeah. Jesus is dangerous to this church. Thank you. And not to, not to smirk. Okay, excellent. 
there will be a fight, okay? And make no mistake about that. I always want to have everything kind of nice and smooth. I don't know how you are, but I want to see everything going nice and smooth, nice and smooth. But life ain't like that, you know? <laughs> it's just not. Sometimes you got to get down and dirty and as my dad would say, well, I won't tell you how he said it, okay? But if you get in a mudslinging contest, everybody gets muddy. So it doesn't matter whether you win or lose at that point. You're going to get, huh? He called it mud. No, he did not say that. <laughs> Jerry, I can, I can trust you to hear what I say. <laughs> a little more earthy. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so... Now we introduce him. He's got a sharp two-edged sword. <laughs> he's dangerous, and he's dangerous in both directions. All right. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. I know this is, this is real uh, hard to uh, deal with this one, okay? Uh, before we had uh, the uh, synagogue of Satan, and now... We've got the, uh, the throne in, in this one, okay? <clears throat> yeah, you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even the days of Antipas. Now, you know, I talked just a few uh, minutes ago about Polycarp. Now, the, the Ant, Antipas was one of those guys uh, that died a, a good death. And so he... He was uh, uh, martyred. Uh, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Now, it's a real problem for us to figure out uh, what Satan is here, okay? We, we work on that, okay? But it's really hard for us to figure out. Uh, now, I, I know back in that day, now they all knew who they were talking about. But we don't know. Um, it may have been, the city may have been the seat of uh, emperor worship, if you're familiar with that. Okay, we should do a little bit of, of that um, tonight. Okay, emperor worship, along with some other stuff that we got to deal with here. Uh, so it, it may have been that... Emperor worship was so important uh, that you just had to do it. Because it was sloppy in a lot of places. You, have, you want to have emperor worship, but it was sloppy. It was, I mean, oh, yeah, show up Wednesday and we'll do it. Yeah, okay. You know, and everything was fine, you know, but not here. Not here. You had to show up in front of everybody else and say, Caesar is Lord. And uh, I, I think that's what they're dealing with in this church, okay? Uh, under duress, you have to show up. Everyone has to show up, and you have to pay homage to Caesar. And if you don't, you would be called treasonous. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, uh, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. 
you did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Ant. Oh, we did read that one. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the next one. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Now, that's... Mm. I, I hear Jesus uh, in the uh, house of Simon, and he's at the table, and the woman comes in and washes feet. A very lovely scene. If you, you know the scene I'm talking about, this is a lovely scene, and, and this, this woman is uh, worshiping uh, Jesus, and this goes on and on. And, and Jesus says to him, Simon, I've got something to tell you. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, I, it would scare me to death to hear those words from Jesus. Yeah. Maybe that's just my guilty conscience. I don't know, but it would scare me to death. Jesus said, Barry, come here. I want to talk to you about something. <laughs> exactly what I just, that's just where I, where I go, you know. Uh, <laughs> exactly, because there is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and oh, well, there was with Jesus in that scene in Simon. It was a great problem, uh, which, which he had to learn. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you there. There's some among you who hold to the teaching of, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, Balaam, 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 teachings of Balaam, and uh Balak, is that, is that pretty close? Balak, okay, Balak, that pretty close? Okay, well, not really. Oh, Balak, uh, and these are characters uh, way back there in the book of Numbers. These, and now they, now they show up here as an illustration of, of what not to do, okay? And... Um, yeah, well, let's just go ahead and talk about him now, okay? Um, Balaam is the guy that got the donkey, and he's, and he's going to ride this donkey. And it happens to be a, mo a molly mule. Uh, not a molly mule, uh, a donkey, a female donkey, a female donkey. I'm not sure what they're called. They're called Jennies? They're called Jennies? Something like that, okay. Uh, and so he saddles up his Jenny, and he's going to go do some bad stuff. Okay, so he's riding along there, and, and here's this uh, angel in the road. And the angel has a sword drawn. Doesn't, it doesn't say two-edged sword, but I want to think it's a two-edged sword, okay? And uh, what he was doing, he was uh, going to go and uh, actually uh, corrupt Israel is what he was doing. And he was going to get them to mix with the people around the area, uh, and um, especially Moabites, you know, they don't like Moabites. And um, he was going to uh, get with them. Uh, and, and so he was enticing Israel to sin so that they food sacrificed to idols and commit sexual immorality. And I don't know why, but those two things seem to go together. Have you noticed that? Sexual immorality and idol worship. And, of course, uh, it'd wind up that uh, they, they, they would be marrying in with the, the uh, especially the Moabites, they don't want, they don't want to do that. 
but you have this sexual immorality here. Uh, and I think it harkens back to this uh, fertility uh, worship and, and idols, okay? Are you familiar with fertility gods? And they're really important in the Old Testament and especially in the Old Testament, and uh, they bleed over into the New Testament. Um, and you, you went and you worshiped this, this God, okay? And you, you were wanting fertility. You, you want fertility for your crops, for your family, amen? Just fertility all the way around, okay? Oh, you know how you do that? Worship and fertility, right? You show the gods how you do this. <laughs> you show the gods. You're enticing them to be involved so that you have rain on your crops and stuff like that. Okay. And that's what he was, um, yeah, that's what he was about there. Um, those two things. And, and so uh, somehow... This had crept into the church. And, and whoever was the leader of this uh, was enticing them to do it. I want to say here, I am so thankful we live when we do. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm, where I'm going with that is we have 2,000 years of church history. I'm glad that I don't have to figure out all this stuff and invent the wheel myself. I, I can't tell you, I, and, and especially this study has brought that out in me again. I'm so thankful that we got all this history to look at. And when, when they say this is not a good road to take, we've seen what happens when you go down that road. We don't even have to go down that road very far to figure it out. No, we can take a better road. Amen. You, you see, you get what I mean is we, we got all this history before us and we can, we can learn from that, okay? Uh, so we don't, we don't have to figure that out, all right? All right, let's go to the next verse. Likewise, you also have those who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. There they show up again. I thought we stamped them out in the other church. What was it, the Ephesus, church at Ephesus? Yeah, it has to be the Ephesus church. Yeah, I thought we stamped them out there, but now here they show up again here. This is so enticing, this Nicolaitan. Um, and and, and what, what they're talking about is you have this like libertine group in church who think that you know, don't, no matter what they do, it's just fine. Maybe they're, I don't know how they're, they might say, well, well it, it's okay. It's okay. Because only the spirit is good. And my spirit's good. Jesus loves me. And now I'm safe. I'm, I'm good. So no matter what I do, it's okay. Because the flesh is evil anyway. So, you know, because spirit is good. Flesh is evil. Actually, it's spirit is good. Matter is evil. That, that's where they, and when you believe that, when you start down that road, and you know, you couldn't get these Jews to go anywhere on that road. They just won't do it. They are so earthy. 
and they are so holistic, they will not go down that road at all. This takes a bunch of Gentiles to do this, okay? We, we badmouthed the Jews a little bit before this, okay? But now it comes a Gentile because they say the spirit is good and all matter is evil. Well, there's, there's only two roads that you can take with yourself in that situation. If that's what you believe, and I don't believe that, okay? But if that's what you believe, there's only two roads you can take. One of the roads which they took is it doesn't matter what I do. I can do anything I want. And everything's fine because it's my spirit that's good. It's in there and it's good. And Jesus loves me. And so I'm okay. Uh, and, and the other one is that I hate the flesh because it's no count. So I just, I, you know, I'm, I wind up in, with a bunch of monks that beat themselves with a, you know, with a whip cat of nine tails or something like that. And I just beat myself. Why? Because you've got to whoop that flesh in the line. It's just terrible stuff and evil all the way. And you, you can't have that. And so every time they pass gas, they don't like it because the old body is acting up again. What are we going to do with it? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I call it angelism in the church. Every once in a while, you'll see somebody in the church that they, they, they just don't like themselves. They're not comfortable with the body. You know, they just wish it was something some way else. Okay, I have to tell you, there's no way out. That's any good. <laughs> anyway. But, if, it, but if, you, if you start believing that, and, and by the way, that's Gnosticism, that the spirit, uh, and, and we think that's what is, is happening in the church. We think that Paul tried to address this in a couple of places. Uh, you, you want me to give you one of the places Paul tried to address it was in, because uh, we're not going to finish, finish this church anyway tonight, Okay. Uh, one, of, one of the places is, is, is in 1 uh, Corinthians. It said, I've heard that there's divisions among you. I may not quote this exactly right, okay? Some of you say you are of Paul, and some say Cephas. Some say Apollo. And you know, first liar never has a chance. Somebody else saying, of Christ. And so they had at least four groups in the church. They're all splintered off, and they're trying to be one-up each other. But you have one group in the church who says they are of Christ. Notice they didn't say Jesus, because Jesus is a problem for them. Jesus is real. He's human. And there are times that they wanted to prove that. It says, well, we saw him. We handled him. He ate with... Oh, you did a good job on that when you talked about him eating with him. Did a good job of that. He ate with us. So we know he was real. He's not an illusion. He's not the spirit. He was a real life. He said, come feel my hands, he tells Thomas. Thrust your hand in my side. He tells Thomas, means he's got a side. He's got an inside. He's got an outside. Yeah, he's, he, he's all that. And they're fighting this, this stuff here. That's what they're fighting in the church. They would say, no, 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 he's real. He's not, 
He's not just a Christ, a spirit. He's a Jesus, a real person. Amen. And I just want to remind you, every time you move Jesus away from being human, you're moving him away from you. Don't do that. Let him be who he is. Let him tell you who he is. Okay? All right. Uh, and Okay. Let's quit. Let's quit there. That's a good place to quit. Verse 16. Is that the last one? Do we want to try kill it? Let's. What'd you say? Oh, you're you're right. You're I'm sorry. I'm anyway. Good deal. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Meaning, words. Oh, words matter. They matter. That's why the first thing you try to, to tame is your tongue. James will tell you that story if you want. Well, we may need to do that one, okay? That story James uses. You need to tame your tongue. You know, you say, well, I didn't mean that. Well, why didn't you say what you mean then if you didn't mean that? Or don't say it. Don't, just don't do that. Don't go there. Just stop that. And I've, I've, I've heard people say things, honestly, it scares me. I said, boy, would, if I know them really well, I might be able to say, man, I wish you wouldn't say that. It's not good. It's not good. Would you eat a mirror? And I think that's what he's doing. I think he's saying, how are we going to fight this? With good preaching. That's the best. With good preaching. And with good teaching, that's how you fight that. Fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. And, of course, the true manna, the true bread that comes down from heaven is Jesus. The true bread that comes from heaven is Jesus. You might be able to eat quail some time or another, and that's all right, okay? But the true bread is Jesus. That's the true bread. And I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. And uh, uh, you're, you're the only one who really knows all this stuff, okay? That, I mean, that, that you got it right with Jesus, okay? You're the only one who knows it. Somebody else can't know. We think it is that breastplate of the Old Testament priest where you have the stones, and this, this is diamond. I'm, I'm, if, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but the dress and uh, the, the uh, diamond. It's the diamond. The white stone. I'm say, okay, diamond. Okay. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Good job. Yes, go ahead. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, 
And, of course, the enticement here is sexual immorality. Okay. We good? Let's close. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us to understand it, but not in just some kind of intellectual gymnastic deal, but that you really do get hold of our hearts and our lives and we can take hold of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.